there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for Coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Oh boy, are you in for a treat today. In fact, this is more than a treat. This is the whole enchilada, my friends. It is an eight-course meal. This is the episode that every Java junkie needs to listen to if you want to reach that next level in your life, whether it's at school or at work, but most of all, with yourself. As regular Java junkies know, Time for Coffee is all about caffeinated career conversations to help you translate your college degree into a job and a career that you love. But it is also about optimizing your health, your wellness, and self-care because as I learned firsthand, it doesn't matter if you have a job you love if your physical and or your mental health sucks. And mine did, at least until I found the professionals in the field of health and wellness to help me unravel a lot of the unhealthy patterns and behaviors in my life. Well, my next guest has made it her career to help Java junkies of all ages do just that. But before I introduce her, I want to make sure that you've all signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's our weekly newsletter giving you an insider's peek at the experts we'll be featuring that week. And it's super easy to do. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org and sign up. And now, my friends, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated beverage because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my wonderful next guest is Lauren Handel Zander, who is the co-founder and chairwoman of Handel Group, an international corporate consulting and life coaching company. Her coaching methodology, the Handel Method, is taught in over 35 universities and institutes of learning around the world, including MIT, Stanford Graduate School of Business, NYU, and the New York City Public School System. Lauren is also the author of Maybe It's You, Cut the Crap, Face Your Fears, Love Your Life, a no-nonsense practical manual that helps readers figure out not just what they want out of life, but how to actually get there. Lauren, welcome to Time for Coffee. How are you doing? Are you caffeinated and ready to go? You have no idea. I am allowed only about two big cups of coffee so I can sleep at night. But yes, I'm very caffeinated. Awesome. Well, I am so excited to share all of your wonderful expertise and insights with Java Junkies. And before we dig into a bunch of really meaty topics and let you do what you do so well, I thought we could first begin by explaining to Java Junkies, the 18 to 25 year olds who listen to this show, what a life coach is and what the handle method, which you've trademarked, is a life coach is someone in, according to the handle group and the handle method so i don't really know every other life coach's point of view but for us it really is the ability to design your life like actually think through all areas of your life and your coach is going to make you dream and make you learn how to have the integrity to pursue the right actions with that dream after you love your dream and to break into your own inner dialogue where all the problems happen and really be able to be someone who's proud of the actions they take, 
not the ones they wish they take and feel bad that they didn't take and drive themselves crazy and eat a cookie. <laughs> right. So, you know, so we really are stopping vices in their tracks and really getting a person to live for something that means everything to them and figuring out how and how to do that. Mm. And so what is the difference between a life coach and a therapist? So first of all, our life coaches are trained in what we do. A therapist is never telling you what to do or not do or making you take actions where that's all we're doing. There's a lot of resolving issues and we really do talk through issues, but it's all because of what you want to accomplish in your life specifically and making a plan. So that is not happening in therapy. In therapy, and I do believe in therapy, therapy is getting to the emotional roots of issues and teasing them out, understanding your feelings, where all we're doing is getting you to have the conversations you never had, ask the questions you never asked. Like we're doing a lot of, a lot more journalistic find out all points of view as a grown up versus that you never discussed it with your mother why she divorced your dad. (laughs) So there's we go deep, but we are very action oriented and instructional. Okay. Could you give us an example of somebody maybe that you've worked with and what an issue that was blocking them was that maybe they didn't see and how you were able to help them move beyond that to realize whatever their professional or personal goals were? People don't let themselves dream is one of like really dream. And a real dream is not like what you're going to do over the next two years. It's a vision for yourself over the next 50 years that there's big things that you want to accomplish, even though you're 20, but you know you want to have children or you don't know if you want to have children or you know you want to be a president or a CEO, but you have no idea if you're any good at being an entrepreneur. So there's complicated things to figure out, which are first, second and third. And so what's happening is that we help a person organize what's most important to them. So for example, really there was, there was a woman who was dying to be a CEO, like start her own business. And then she was in probably her third job of hating her third company, not because she wasn't still learning, but because she was so mad at herself that she still hadn't figured out what she would build if she could build something. Then she also wasn't handling her love life because while she was upset with herself and working so hard and not pursuing her real, real dream, she was also self-medicating with a few cocktails and eating at night while she, at, after 10 when she finally got home. So it was very clear that we, you know, she was like 34, 35, like we really needed to find love because she wanted children. And we really needed to get that it was time to really sit down and figure out what she really wanted to do with being an entrepreneur. So that's the perfect client, right, where we're going to give the right assignments for those two things and figure out how to get her to deal. And so ultimately, she figured out that she really had the I I mean, everybody's different. So there's a nuance to everyone. But I swear she had no idea to remember that her boss had entitled her to hire two more people if she wanted them. So she was complaining about how much work she had to do. But she really when it was like, God, you should get someone to, you know, have you spoken to your boss about needing help? You shouldn't be working till 10 o'clock at night. She was like, sheepishly. Oh, so imagine that we figured out she needed to hire people. And she did took back her time. And then we created a timeline for her to investigate different potential ideas. Like she hadn't been giving any time to ideas and thinking what she would like to do. So then imagine that it took about two months for her to really figure out a business dream. 
And then honest to God, she raised the money herself. She got someone she hired, like we just rocked it. And then go, well, what about her love life? And I go, well, that was simple. Because she was 15 pounds overweight, she didn't want to get naked with anyone. And then she was blaming her career. So as we were fixing her career and putting her on a diet, we agreed that when she got, when she lost 10 pounds, she would go online dating. Guess what? What? She's married. (laughs) And she has her own business. And truly, I could call her up if she would be, she would be effusive to share that she hadn't really been facing herself or planning Mm. and that she was in a choke. What is a choke? A choke is when you know you're better than the other player, or you know you have what it takes to do it, but then you get in your head with all your fears and you don't take the right actions. And then that proves to you you're a loser. You're, you're paralysis. It's like a vicious cycle that you're stuck in. Yeah. You believe that the other person's going to beat you. And guess what? They do. <laughs> you know, something you said, Lauren, really, I mean, a number of things that you said really resonated with me, but in particular, it was about identifying a dream. Yeah. And I think that's a super important thing for us to dig in on a little bit here because until probably four months ago, I did not have a dream and I'm 54 years old. I thought I did. (laughs) I thought it was like, you know, the kind of life you want to live. Right. But I hadn't allowed myself to think about like, so what is the impact that I want to have with Mm. my life? Mm. Is that what you were getting at? What happens in my method or in the book or in anything anyone does with me is humans can be a little tricky. Ha ha ha. Understand. (laughs) I break life out into 12 different areas because a person can put all their marbles in two or three and they don't realize how much they're all connected and how much meaning comes from different areas of life, not just your career and your love life and then your body. People do not have separate visions, in which case you you don't get as rich a life because you don't realize by the more you expand everything you're look, you're dreaming of that you're capable of, the more every minute of your life is more fun. Unless you do it, you don't understand how it rewires you. Got it. So it's more than what I just said. Yeah, it's it's the beginning of understanding that We limit what we think is possible because of time or because of theories that we have about time and life and money and choices. But in, but we don't have a vision that we really see achievable because we've never sat down to really take the time to dream it out. So can you give us maybe before we get more into how Java junkies can start bringing this into their own lives, break down a bit some of those 12 areas that you've identified with the handle method? Money is different than career. Most people lump them together. Money and your relationship to money and your dream for money includes, and then we give you what it includes, how you spend it, how you respect it. Like money is an entire relationship onto itself every minute of the day when you're grocery shopping, when you're buying anything, when you're not buying anything. Never mind making it and thinking it represents what you're worth. Every area, every one of these 12 areas has booby traps in it and also has your family history in it in ways that most people haven't thought about at all, but are really just at the effect of it. So what happens in the book and in the method is we start to have you take back your rights to a dream and a vision for yourself of what you most want to feel like, act like, and have when it comes to money. 
Now take the same kind of expansive concept and have that be career, not career based on money. money you know, see money when you want to see money. Obviously, they're connected just like sex and body are connected, but they have dreams of their own. And so then career is a fulfillment of what for you? Like, and then if you, we have examples of dreams, so you can see that I'm not just talking about, you know, I work for a Fortune 500 company, right? It's not this resume kind of cold. It's way deeper and more connected to being alive and what is your life for? Yes. And there really is love and romance and relationships. So this will include, especially for my 20 year olds, that range, not like I find a wife or a husband, like it's, it's, it's about exploring and learning and learning all different types of people that gives you a way more expansive way of love, of what does love mean to you? What are the most important ingredients? People think they fall in love with someone that cheats on them or lies to them. They go, but I love them. And I'm like, oh my, you have not explored what love means at all, right? <laughs> like, dear God. So what does when you okay, so let's what what do you mean by that? What does love mean? Love. So there's love in your friendships, love in your family and love with a lover. So there's different kinds of accountability and relationship to love and love of life and love of things and love of everything. Love is very expansive and hits every area. But when it comes to your love life, people need to sort out. Well, this is now going to get a little more expansive, but I go, when I teach love, I teach you have a head, you have a heart, and you have a Mm hoo-ha. And most people think that there's like they're dividing up 100%. And so your head, because, you know, your head wants a good person and wants them to make money and wants them to be successful and wants them to be kind. And like your head has, so they, they fight over dominance. Does that make sense? The head, the heart, and the hoo-ha. Mm-hmm. And then the heart could mistake what passion is, like what the hoo-ha really thinks. Mm-hmm. So because people have never really sort out what their head wants, what their heart wants, and what their hoo-ha wants, they've never really assessed having it all. So you're saying they're making a decision with one or two of the three? Oh, they're all three are making a decision. They're just all disgruntled. <laughs> right? So the head, because what I teach is your head gets, your head is 100%, your heart is 100%, and your hoo-ha is 100%. No one's getting screwed. You just keep selling out and you don't work hard enough to hunt or learn or realize why you don't get what you want, right? It's a much more, you know, it's a, there's a reason someone didn't get into Harvard. It's not that tricky. Like the world is, is real and much of it might even be obnoxious, but fair. And so starting to face your own past, your own, what do you want to learn before you settle down? And why do you settle down? Not because you're, you know, you're, you have aging parents and you want grandkids for your parents. That's not going to be a great marriage. There, there's many things that people don't even understand are driving them, pleasing their parents, pleasing their religion, pleasing lots of things that they think they could check the box that they're a good person, but they don't even know if they agree. Mm. Like if their parents threw it out, would they keep it? Okay. So Lauren, <laughs> could you share some of your secret sauce? To help, first of all, to coach those Java junkies who are still in school right now to optimize their education. And I don't know if I'm right in tying these two together to optimize their education to help them realize their dreams. Is that a correct way to frame it? So first of all, I spent in my early part of the Handel Group, I spent seven years teaching at MIT. 
which means I, and in, and we did a human study and I developed the whole method sitting there with PhD students and all different kinds of students. And the biggest mistake students are making is they don't realize how much relationships are everything. Like in the end, when I go college, I name three people that are my dear friends. I name two professors that really changed my life that I stayed connected to that helped me. There is what you're learning, great. But what most people aren't doing is networking nearly enough for their next job, for the relationships in their life, for people they're impressed with. They're not dating enough friends or potential professors one day that they will want a letter from and really know the professor. The professor is being like needs students to want to talk to them too. Mm -hmm. The biggest promise I could get a person to make that's in school right now is to figure out questions for a professor and go set up a meeting. Go meet like you are. You should have two meetings a week with important people that you can find. And that is because these are mentors that you can be cultivating. They're just you'll have like they're ambitious people. Right. The head of the newspaper, the head of this, the, 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 like participating in the community and relationships in the community that are in your university are should be sacred. And so many people have their six friends and are in the track they're in and aren't really risking and learning how to have grown up conversations or find out if they could do a project for a very famous professor that's there. Like give yourself things to do that are really exciting and are risky. Mm. So if you have a fantasy about you love music, then go get on the radio. Like go, like get out there, kids. Most of the pushes that really would change your life aren't going to come from getting a bigger A. Right. You'd be better off with a B plus and two relationships. Yes. And when you were talking, Lauren, about dating more people, you meant more in both like figurative and literal, right? Make more was, friends. Yeah, I was not talking about um, romantic. I was, it was all rated PG. <laughs> <laughs> so explain that the friendships that the networking that goes beyond including your professors, but to in- also encompass your fellow students. Yeah. So here I am, I'm 48 years old now. And if you go who are you still friends with from GW? And I go, the woman who runs the ASPCA and giving at the AS, like her name's Willie. And she's one of the most remarkable women. And we have stayed connected deeply and have done business together and supported each other. Right. And she's one of my most favorite relationships. And if I need to hire someone or I need like, so just like I rose in the ranks, she rose in the ranks. Mm. One of my other very dear friends was the COO for News Corp Europe and Asia. So the people that you were blown away by or looking for people that are inspiring to you at college, do you have any idea who they'll be <laughs> in 20 years? But I promise you'll want to know and you'll want to be on your version sharing a ride with them. Yes. These are, if you go, what makes up the fabric of my life? It's going to be the people I know. And when you're 33 years old and you wake up, you will find out (laughs) that it's not as easy to meet people anymore. Or when you're like, you're not in college where everyone's like, hi, you sit down on them, you know, next to the grass, go, hey, what class are you waiting for? 
making friends and being good at that and building relationships with people that inspire you, that's community. And it's the most important thing you'll need for you, your kids, their kids. It makes the world a better place. And so how can they be strategically making friends today? You just make a promise to someone who said, anytime you're in a class and someone said something that was interesting or risky, anyone who raises their hand in class is being risky and out there. And walking up to that person who knows they stuck their neck out there and going, hey, that was really great. What's your name? Where do you live? And like just starting a conversation, it'll either feel wonderful, like they're open and playing with you or they'll, they're rushed and they have to go somewhere, but they're really nice to you. It just starts planting seeds. You have to come up with reasons to talk to new people every day. Even if you're just saying that's a cool backpack. (laughs) And what else beyond, which I think is a fabulous bit of recommendation and advice to be strategically expanding your universe today because, and I've seen this in my life as a young professional, I mean, I'm no longer a young professional, but when I was young, the people that I cultivated, even as a young professional, guess what? They get older and often they get promoted. And the next thing you know, you're in your 40s. And just as you said, Lauren, you suddenly have friends in powerful places. Yeah. The other thing that will go a hundred million miles that no one understands really well, that's also not easy, easy to do, but easy to do. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You'll see why in a second. Paying it forward is the concept. You do something generous for someone, they will never recover from your grace. Oh, let me let me loan you my book. Let me get you that. Hey, oh, I thought I, you know, you like that? I my father works for that company. So being generous, acts of giving goes a million miles. I agree. And an apple counts. <laughs> Anything counts. And I think that as long as it's coming from an authentic place, I mean, you want, I think that's just a nice way to live your life, to be kind, to be thoughtful. But hey, what you're saying is this can also, being generous, can come back and will come back to you in ways you can't even imagine. As someone who builds my business, and if you go, well, Lauren, how did you how did you build so big? Where did you get it from? Is it all your advertising? And I'm like, no, there's not. It's really word of mouth. And it's word of mouth from five years ago, 10 years ago. It's like, it's word of mouth. I have a reputation for my nature. Even though you're 20 and you're like, huh, what reputation for my nature? Every person you touch and and gets you or you have a moment with will either remember you or not, or you remember them or not. And if you think about who you remember, you remember the awful ones and you remember the great ones, right? Like, wow, yes, he was so funny. Oh, she was so sweet. She, you remember people because they were either a jerk and ass or they were wonderful. And not, and in between, you can't really remember much. <laughs> so true. Lauren, in your coaching, you also talk about becoming the author of your own life. What does that mean? So I'm going to say the opposite of it so people understand what I'm talking about when I carve out what it's not. Okay. okay? So a weather report is when, if you think about a weather reporter, they have no power over the weather. They're just reporting on how something is. Like, it's going to be rainy today. You should bring an umbrella. So there's this bizarre thing I find humans doing, which is we talk about ourselves like 
we are the weather, like our personality is the weather, like, like what we think is a weather report versus our version of reality. So we, oh, I've never been good at dieting. Oh, I'm, I'm an introvert. And I really don't like connecting with people, right? And how you can tell the difference between a true weather report and when you're lying to yourself is if I go, that's a table, can you make it a, you know, you can't make that a chair. It's 72 degrees. Can you make it 74? <laughs> the answer is no. I go, oh, you're an introvert. If you go talk to those 10 people, I'll give you a thousand bucks per person. They're like, make it two and I'll go. <laughs> if you can change the behavior, if you can change what's possible, right? I'm a night owl. I'll give you 10 grand if you go to bed at 11. If you can change the behavior, then you know it's not a weather report. So then what I accuse people of being is weather reporters in their life instead of the author of their life. And in any area of your life where there's it's behavioral or something that is because of you, maybe it's you, then you are giving away your power for some reason you better figure out. I've never, I'm a procrastinator. I always wait till the last minute. And then they never figure out why that's what they keep saying about themselves acting like. And then they, they get a hall pass every time to do it again. So you're saying, uh-uh, sorry, you are a procrastinator because you are allowing yourself to continue to be a procrastinator. Yeah. And, and stop feeling bad and eating the cookies and saying then you need sugar all night. Like everything then turns into the next reason why you had no choice. If the weather only stayed in one region, it wouldn't be so bad, right? The weather report that's screwing you with your family is the same one screwing your and your dating career and also going for a job. If you're a procrastinator, do you send all the resumes out on time? Do you think being slow with getting a job is going to work out well? Or do you think, you know, asking the girl out, being slow about that's going to work well? Right. So that my husband, my husband was uh, shopping for a car with his cousin yesterday. Yeah. Is like anal and needs to be perfect. And they came upon the exact car he was looking for, wanted to spend. But the cousin was like, I know this is perfect, but let's go see the other two cars. And then we'll, if we love this one, I'll come back and get it. And, and my husband, David, was like, that's not the right move, right? He looked at him and he's like, I don't, you want to spend another two hours? Okay. When you got what you want, guess what happened? They saw the other two cars. They sucked. They immediately called the guy and the car was already sold. Oh, gosh. But that actually makes a better story for you. <laughs> It just had off the press where <laughs> someone's behavior tolerates something and then causes the same cavity. So at 25 years old, you're already repeating your patterns. You're not like some 10-year-old who has no patterns yet. Yes. So you need to, and this is where a coach comes in and we're going to get into inner you in a moment, but where a coach can help you to uncover what your kind of the drivers are behind the patterns in your life? The truth is, over my 20 years of work with individuals, which is how I developed everything, the insights that a person needs to have, if they'll do the homework, it really is answering, it's leading the witness. Like if you answer this question, and then this question, and then this question, and you read four examples before, and you don't cheat and you stay doing the work, you actually can have all of these insights yourself because you have a nuance in your story, but the nature of being human has us be repetitive. So it's really 
Like that's why I can talk to anyone and read their homework once and lay out what they need to do for the rest of their life. (laughs) (laughs) Because we all fall into certain categories. Yeah, we have exactly how we use our vices. We don't have new vices. We're not that tricky. We're tricky, but we're not that tricky. And the pile of things we have to clean up or change about ourselves is not a hundred, it's four. And then learning how to be honest and figuring out what you most want in your life and being true to that. Like there's basics to us and those can be figured out in my program. And then if you can afford a coach, then that's awesome. But you don't need a coach. Great. If if you'll, if you'll get an A at the homework. So before we get into the interview, your online platform, can you talk to those Java junkies who are in the workplace? What advice do you have for them? How can they get their careers off on the right foot and set themselves up for professional success? No matter what, even if you don't love the career move you're in right now, until you move, you need to get an A at the job you're in right now. So you respect yourself and how to get an A just isn't doing your job every day. It's that you're acting and believing that you want the next four promotions, like you're on a track. And so the most fun you can have at a job is to want the job for ahead. So you're learning voraciously where you are and you're speaking bigger and bigger and bigger to everyone around you because you're developing yourself as a leader. You should always be four jobs ahead, even if it's not the career path you end up in. What do you mean by speaking bigger? So if you know you want the president's job, And it's okay. You're, you know, a director. It's three jobs away. There's how you would speak in a meeting. There's how you would prepare for the meeting. You wouldn't raise your hand last or when you got called on, you'd come prepared so that people notice your level of effort, not to show anybody else up, but really to just be getting an A. There always is how to get an A in any room. And It's way more fun to figure out how to get an A than it is to survive being in the room. Definitely. Definitely. So that's just when in your day to day, get an A. And an A is always practicing having a vision and how it relates to today so that everyone around you will miss you when you leave. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Can I help you? Oh, I know someone in that field. Yes. You're always leaving your reputation, even with how you say good morning. People really do not get this. So it's planning for four jobs ahead. Yep. It's bringing your A game every day, Mm -hmm. which if I could just add a little caveat to that means not just doing what the job requires. It means going above and beyond. It means extra credit. Yeah. Teacher's pet. (laughs) Exactly. Let's continue that, that school theme through there. You also talk about truth telling, Lauren. What do you mean by that? Oh my, I make this joke that if I could eradicate anything on earth, I would eradicate lying. And then I think world peace has better odds. (laughs) 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 Right. So in the book, I go through that there are really seven or eight different ways we lie. And um, there's studies on how lying impacts your health and well-being and stress that make it so obvious that lying is one of our biggest problems to our own existence Mm. and how we manage 
ourselves and what we'll tell people and won't tell people or feel we'll get judged by or what's true for us. Like the amount we lose our own voice because we've been lying since we could figure out how to talk and get an extra cookie if no one noticed. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Or hit our sibling and not get in trouble. (laughs) And then ask, all you have to do is say no. And then we seem to get away with it. Right. I wonder why we lie. Because it works. See government. Anyway, lying, when you start to face all the ways you lie, the reason you face all the ways you lie is you realize that a lot of your lies shape your personality and how you relate to your confidence and, and, and what you think is possible in your whole life. And I have profound, freaky examples. Um, you ready? You want a good one? I'm ready. Imagine that I coached at MIT, right, for a long time, still, still do. But um, that Harvard students used to come over and we we had students from all over that came over to take the classes. We had an MD, PhD student that was at Harvard and MIT. Does that sound smart or what? Very. Anyway, he had one troubled area in his entire history and it was the subject of biology. And it never dawned on him that I immediately go to, here, honey, this is what I know. If there's an area that it makes no sense you're not great at, or something that's defunct, like you can't get it to work and it makes no sense, nine out of 10, there's a lie that you never cleaned up that's keeping you in what I'll call a purgatory, spiritual purgatory. Mm -hmm. Guess what? What? In eighth grade, he got away with falsifying results. Oh my goodness. And won a contest. And it was in the biology subject. And it was like, are you kidding me? And I was like, dude, you want to make a wild bet? And he's like, what? I'm like, you go find that teacher. You go confess the truth. You tell your parents. Like, no, it's not like he's going to get, you know, there's nothing that's coming from this, okay? It wasn't even like an award for the state, right? It was nothing. Right. It was not even, I don't even think there was. So you think it was his guilt about this that was holding him back? He went and told the teacher and it cleared. And I, when I go, it changed everything for him. It changed everything for him. It changed how he took the boards. It changed how he interacted. He always had this weird subconscious shame that he couldn't make it in that area. He needed to cheat. Mm. You all think like there's the girl you can't get. There's the job you can't get. There's the relationship you can't get. There's something wrong with you. You think the odds that I would find a lie early on in your life that you believed and never resolved Because on some level, we're really interesting justice systems, right? Right and wrong, good and bad, morality, right? We're all over the place about it anyway. But we don't realize how we plague ourselves with crimes we've committed. And, you know, I go deep into lying in the book because it's the greatest way to change your life quickly. Is to break through those lies, break down what your lies are is to know why you lied and then how that connects the dots to what you're scared of yourself today, right? Like it it all connects back and you're punishing yourself, you're hating a type, like you love, it even can be, you know, I have examples of all these things. It even can be keeping you out of an industry because you got weird and hurt being an artist when you were 12. Mm. So we we just, I call it all our kakamami. This is the book. Maybe it's you. Cut the crap. Face your fears. Love your life. Yeah. Okay. It's into all of this, and it has 
real stories from clients, like all the way through their lives, like a variety of them and that did all the work. So really like it's going in like concepts and possible and it rewires you. Lauren, speaking of rewiring, (laughs) would you mind sharing your story with Java Junkies? How did an environmental studies major at George Washington University get into coaching? Uh, So this was my big lesson in my life, which is I cared about something in the world, right? I wanted something to be true, but I sucked at it. Right. So I was and I really thought learning and education and work was hard and somewhat miserable. So I killed myself to be an environmental studies major and get a BS in environmental studies. I then killed myself to get an amazing job out of college where I was working for the UN Global Environment Facility. And then guess what? You hated it. I hated it. Like I was gonna smoke cigarettes, eat too much, and and shoot myself. Right. And was devastated and humiliated that I had no idea what I wanted to do because and I got everything I wanted. So that's when I had the big revelation where I hit the wall and had the big revelation, which was that I don't love that. I don't, you know, if you really followed me around, the only thing I loved is talking to people and knowing them and loving them. Like I just wanted to help you and to know why you're dating that guy. And let's see if we can figure out if you're dating your father or your mother, right? Like, <laughs> like you know, I wanted to use every piece of information that ever did or didn't make sense to me and figure it out when it came to human nature. Yep. And so I, did, I didn't figure that out till I was 23, 24 after I went completely the wrong way. Oh, but that's so young. You figured it out young. You know, I was a vegetarian and then a vegan and was like, I really looked funny changing my mind. Do you understand? It's like the kid who decide, tells everyone they're going to be a doctor, be a doctor, be a doctor, be a doctor. That was me. So you were 23, 24, and you were like, I, I hate this. I don't want to do this. And so what did you do then? I then challenged myself that if I didn't figure it out, if I didn't figure out what I really wanted to do, I would go into the Peace Corps because it takes about two years to get in the Peace Corps. Yep. So I filled out my Peace Corps application. And then I gave myself till they called. And if I wasn't doing something, I didn't really want to go to the thing. I just thought it'd be good for me and I deserved it. Right. And I also thought it was a funny, you know, consequence if I didn't figure it out by then. And it was a good threat. I filled out my Peace Corps application and then started to search for what was true for me. And then um, started to like, it wasn't too far long into it that I realized that I needed to flip save the trees, kill the people to love the people so they see the trees. Oh, I like that. I realized I was very Mark Hyman, like I wasn't working on the root cause. So he thinks everything goes back to the gut. Right. I was, oh my God, everything goes back to the human. Nice. Nice. Lauren, before we wrap, I have two final questions for you. One, if you could go back to GW and do it all over again, based on the wisdom that you have today, what advice would you give yourself? Meet more people. Like I only walked away with three relationships that matter to me and I didn't try to have more. Okay. So the very advice I already gave is I would have whipped myself with one. And then poor me, study what you love to learn, not what you think should be learned. I transferred from University of Denver to GW 
and I got straight A's. And you know why I got straight A's? Because I took my then major, which was philosophy. Mm. I had, and you have no idea. I was so good at philosophy. It was, it was like I could read two pages of the book and know exactly where it was going. Mm. And it never dawned on me that what I was good at was where I belonged or what I loved doing that was easy. Like if it was easy, it was, it was dumb. Right. right? So most people aren't looking for their, their, their love and passion. They're looking for their, like what their head think is smart or what will please their parents or what they think will make money. Yes. Right. Yes. Final question, Lauren, what is inner you and how can Java junkies find it? So inner you, you find on my website, it's the cheapest way to get every last story of mine and homework assignment, like walked through in podcast style where it stops and then you do the homework and it's it's a digital program where I give you all of the content in one hour and then do the homework one hour, go do the homework one hour, go do the homework. And it's 10 sessions with me and it will rock your world. And it's, you know, I don't know if it's, if it's even, I, I don't know. Do you know how much it is? It, it's I think it's under- like $400. Yes. Um, but I should also say that Java junkies will get $75 off, I will give them the code in the show notes that they can use because Lauren has generously made this offer to help Time for Coffee Java Junkies. So $325. Yes. And you're, it will change your life. It'll change your body. It'll change your sex life. It'll, it'll help you dream and think and, and really be with yourself and deal with your lies and all the creepy things. Uh, but don't you worry, because I tell all of mine, and I was worse than most humans I've met. Oh, my goodness. Listen, join the club. Join the club. Lauren, I want to thank you so much for making time for coffee with me and the Time for Coffee community. You are awesome. And it has been such a treat to get to tap into a little of the Lauren Handel Zander magic. Thank you very much. This was totally fun. And this time just flew by. Just woo, where'd it go? <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. And good luck, everybody. Kick ass and collect great people and be a great person to collect. Awesome. I'm going to read the code here actually one more time. It's Time for Coffee 75. Time for Coffee 75. Thanks again. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.